Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host Liz Baker-Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica. We are the Birth Nurses. In this podcast, we talk about birth and nursing practice and labor and delivery, and in a broader sense, the whole world of nursing too. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a first-time pregnant parent, a parent to one or more babies, or a professional in the birth world, this podcast is for you. Join me and Liz and special guests as we share and learn from each other here on the Birth Nurses Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Nurses Podcast. Today we're back with some birth bits, just a short, sweet episode about something in birth that maybe you had no idea, Uh, something in the labor and delivery unit that we see sometimes that Liz has experienced. We're going to talk about unintended hospital birth. Actually, Liz is going to talk about unintended hospital birth, and I'm going to be just asking some questions. So let's go, Liz. Okay. Hey. Hi. Hey. So what is unintended hospital birth? What does that even mean? Well, an unintended hospital birth, first of all, could be very and scary, you know, scary and traumatic for some people. And others will come to our unit with relief and trust and openness to the transfer. So what it literally means is someone coming to an institution, because mm-hmm. I make no um pretense that we are not an institutionalized birthing situation in a hospital and they were having a home birth or a free birth, a free birth, meaning they were attended by nobody or only their partner, uh, not necessarily a doula or midwife um, attending birth. But usually this is somebody that's having a home birth. They've prepared for it emotionally, psychologically, physically. They are ready um, you know, I've attended um, several home births, and um, it's a whole different scene, obviously. Mm-hmm. So now this patient, this person has to be transferred because either they've decided or their midwife has decided that it's safest or best to come to the hospital. Yeah. Very, very scary for some. Uh, there's a lot How of- often would you say this happens? Um, I would say probably maybe, um, four or five times a year and then there's clusters and then not for a long time, then a bunch of clusters again. It's really not something, it's not surprising. It's very simple. We get a phone call or somebody drops into the emergency room. They were having a home birth and they're coming up or the midwife has a collaborative relationship with an obstetrician. My very favorite thing. I wish more obstetricians would accept collaborative care with midwives. People, please. That would be awesome. (laughs) You guys have to do it. Um, So then the midwife and the, uh, has an OB that they Mm -hmm. call and say, we're going to transfer care to this hospital. Will you take on my patient? Because something, something, uh, just like I want an epidural. I've decided that I've gone as far as I can and I need mm-hmm. some pain relief. We need to come into the hospital, do that. We accept that patient yes. into our hospital, which can be very scary. Mm-hmm. And we um, move ahead with trying to make them comfortable. That's one of yeah. the reasons. It seems like if they were planning for a home birth or even a birth center birth, mm-hmm. that 
they wouldn't have sought out any education about hospital birth, right? Right. I teach a class. My, my birth and beyond class is predominantly of how to have a better hospital birth. Mm-hmm. Um, when people say I want both, I send them to a midwife or a doula. I have lots of doula friends who teach um, birthing classes. Um, but a hospital birth is something to understand and to come to peace with. I don't think it is necessarily a good idea to pretend like this can't ever happen because then if there is a hospital birth um, transfer, a home birth transfer to me, right. then I find that the patients are so much more anxious. They're yeah. scared. They're distrusting. Um, and I want them to feel like we're open to receiving you. It's like, yeah. okay, you're going to get an epidural and we're going to move on. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're going to have a baby. If it's because the midwife believes that you have some distress or your blood pressure is creeping up or the baby has decelerations of the heartbeat, that is the midwife's suggestion. That means you're coming to us for need. And therein lies the obstacle to getting the very best care that I can give. Yeah. So how would you help someone get accustomed to hospital birth quickly. I mean, they're coming from totally home birth situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what are kind of the steps that you have to do to get them? Well, settled? this has to do with what kind of birth support, you know, I mean, I have to gain the trust of my patient, explain a slew of hospital policy and procedure. If it's for an epidural, I have a zillion nursing tasks to accomplish and assessments head to toe and place an IV, give medication, call the anesthesiologist, admit you into the process. It's not just, I want an epidural in five minutes. This is is a 30 minute process. So I have to gain- That would be fast even, 30 minutes would be fast. It's very fast. And some of the, you know, am I going to gain someone's complete trust that just met me and has no interest in being with me whatsoever? Honestly, not really. What I can do is help sort of alleviate some of the anxiety, but this is for nurses. Look your patient in the face and say, look, I'm here for you. I know you don't want to be here. I know that this is not what you intended. I know that you're scared. It could be mistrusting because, but now you're in my care. Let's work together and let's get the job done. I want to get you on the monitors and we move forward. Mm-hmm. The obstacle is when they're unprepared or the person that they've been laboring with at home is also mistrusting and transfers that fear and anxiety to their client. I don't think that that's a good idea. I love it when doulas mm-hmm. come in and say, you know, hey, Lizzie, we're going to do an epidural. This is why she's here. Or there were some D-cells and she's, I've been talking to her along the way and this is going to be okay. Regardless if we have to end up in the operating room or a vaginal birth or get an epidural and that they've softened the blow yes. on the way. It doesn't help to come into labor and delivery and then sort of put the brakes on everything that I have to do because that's an obstacle for me to get to my patient's needs. Interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Can I share a, a memory that I have? Yes. Um, so 
at another hospital that I worked at, not the same one that we worked at together, um, we had a home birth transfer Mm -hmm. and she had been 10 centimeters and in the pushing stage for like eight hours. Mm -hmm. It was a very Mm -hmm. long time. And when she got to the hospital, we were just doing our quick assessment. I mean, there were three or four nurses trying to do all the tasks and someone asked, Mm -hmm. yeah. And someone Mm -hmm. asked her, when's the last time you peed? And she hadn't emptied her bladder since the morning. And this was nighttime. I worked night shift. Was this when we worked together? No, no, no. This is at a different hospital. I feel like I've, I've heard that scenario. And, Basic nursing, right? Basic nursing. And so uh, one of the nurses put in a Foley catheter and we got, so how much pee does a Foley catheter bag hold? Like a a liter. You can get a couple of, two. Two liters. Okay. So she put in the Foley catheter. It filled the two liter bag. We Mm -hmm. emptied that out and then she filled a whole other Foley bag. Oh my gosh urine so Mm. once we deflated her bladder her Mm. baby kind of got into the right position again but since it had been so long and they did all these other assessments on a cervical exam I think her her cervix was swollen Mm -hmm. um they ended up doing a cesarean section but well um, I will tell you when people come in with a yeah when people come in with a swollen cervix from being in labor a long time Mm -hmm. I explain to them that sometimes an epidural can just help you relax yeah and you're not feeling that bearing down sensation that Ferguson's reflex and that it takes that you relax and the cervix will actually reduce and become thin again Mm -hmm. and that baby can come right down and descend in through the mid pelvis into the pelvic outlet, and then we can push. So sometimes you just need some sleep, get the cortisol yep. down, let the yep. cervix relax. It feels sort of like when I examine a patient with a uh, swollen cervix, it feels a little bit like an inner tube. And uh, that's a, a and of course it's bladders. Like you have a balloon inflated where the presenting part, most of the time the head, is trying to descend, and mm-hmm. they're like, ah, push a baby out. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and we'll do some tips and tricks for emptying bladder in another one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So get informed about hospital procedures well before your due date. So you're informed mm. and familiar. It doesn't mean if you learn something, then you're going to drive toward it. I've heard race car drivers say, if you look at the object that you're trying not to run into, you're going to run into it. You need to shift your eyes away from it, which makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Hmm. And um, information is power. It can relax your uh, cortisol, Mm -hmm. uh, let that oxytocin flow. And if you're in a situation that is hurried, that means there's fetal distress. Remember, I can get accomplished with three or four nurses so much more than just with myself, me being any RN. So if I have three nurses in the room and one person's putting in an IV and another person is prepping you for surgery and another person is asking you for questions, we're motivated to move towards delivery. I understand Mm -hmm. that it takes a certain amount of surrender and trust. And sometimes Mm -hmm. 
that patient doesn't even feel it till we're in the recovery room and they are holding their baby on their skin yeah. going, what the, you know, what just happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, I get it. I, know. I get it. It's hard to go with the flow. So ask your midwife or doula to give you clear and accurate, not fear-based education on hospital labor and delivery. Better yet, find a teacher who can give you a bird's eye view of hospital birth. Even take a short class, just so you kind of understand the vernacular and uh, can uh, get a little uh, view of what the surroundings look like and feel like. Hey there, it's Shana Brickner. I am an international board certified lactation consultant and a former labor and delivery nurse. I want to let you know something really exciting. I can accept insurance for lactation visits. If you have Aetna, Cigna, Oscar, United Healthcare, Tricare West, or HealthNet PPO, then it is very likely that we can have six or more lactation visits completely covered by your insurance. This can be a home visit or a virtual visit. If the financial side of things have been holding you back from setting up an appointment with me, don't let it. Email me or go to my website, www.preparented.com, to schedule a visit with me for any lactation issue. I can help you with low or high milk supply, clogged ducts, pumping, latching, bottle feeding, tongue tire, lip tie, using a nipple shield, positioning difficulties, introducing solid food, or weaning. I'd love to help you reach your parenting goals, your breastfeeding goals. So please reach out to me. My email is shana at preparented.com and then my website, www.preparented.com. I love that so much because yeah, yeah no matter what, what place you're going to have your baby in, I think mm-hmm. get dabbling in a little bit of everything, you know, reading about different kinds of births yeah. is going to broaden your mm-hmm. your horizons so that you you're expectant you're hopeful for the delivery you're ho- planning for but mm-hmm. you are not afraid if it changes to a different kind you know it's a really interesting yeah. thing it happens also with um people that are coming in and have scheduled cesareans whether they're elective and of course i do my due diligence and sit with my patient before I even start the IV and talk about why they're having elective C-section and see if I can alleviate any of that fear. But sometimes people come in and labor. So in my C-section class, I do a short session on labor and signs of um, uh, labor. And they say, why are we learning signs of labor in a C-section class? Which always cracks me up. We've talked about this before on this podcast. So just because you have a date on the calendar, you don't think your water can break or you can go into labor and we all have a big laugh about it. And they're like, oh, well, of course, it never occurred to me. So sometimes patients will come in. They are, I broke my bag of water this morning. I have, you know, a week from Tuesday, I'm scheduled for a C-section and I'm really cramping. And I'm like, well, what about that? Well, I had a C-section last time. Mm-hmm. And you're already in labor on your own, you had a non-intervention onset of labor. How do you feel about a trial of labor? No, 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 no. I don't want to. I'm like, well, well, let's talk about it. Like, are you open to a conversation for two minutes before I get you into the going to the operating room? You're already in labor. How about you let me examine you? You're three centimeters and paper thin. And, uh, hmm. 
And every now and then, which I consider a feather in my cap, I can have a conversation with somebody and uh, they end up having an unintended vaginal birth and a trial of labor leading to a VBAC. And I love that. So who knows? Me too. Right? Yeah. You haven't taken a birth class, but you took a C-section class and here you are at <laughs> delivery, had a vaginal birth. There you go. Saved yourself some surgery and a big risk. I, yeah. I know it's good. So keep it open. Yep. Relax. Be informed. We're on your side. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for you if you need us. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Liz. Yeah. Thank you. That was great. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as Preparented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as birthnurseliz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.